Howdy, hey, fellow trainers. It's your old pal, Professor Ryan Tree here, with another episode of I Want to Watch the Very Best, because Gotta Watch Em All was taken. I have still not found a better way to do this, I still have all of my time eaten up by this project, and I still need to try talking a friend into doing it with me, but I swear one day I'll figure it out. I also was told I should probably move this to a Tuesday because Tuesday, like Pikachu, and I love that idea, but I'm already committed to this. It's a tragedy, really, but what can you do? So a couple things of note, I'm actually ending this podcast one episode earlier because the next episode after the last one is a three-parter, and a friend recommended that I do them all at once. I like the idea, and I'm also just lazy. Like, any excuse to put less work on my plate is great. I've also been really tired lately. I think it's because of the cold weather here, but it's just really making me feel like an old man. Like, I wake up, I'm like, ah, my joints are so stiff, I feel like I'm ancient. Some things have also been putting me down recently, but you know what? The only way to move forward is to move forward. Time stops for no one, according to Dialga, our lord and savior. Almighty Sinnoh, please protect us. Speaking of that, I actually have a new idea for a video that I can hopefully make really quickly involving Legends Arceus. I just need to actually get started on it. Um, I need to record footage first and then write up a short little essay, but then after that it's just reading it and throwing together a video. It's not really extremely as planned as some of the other videos I've done. There's also, speaking of, another video I'm slowly working towards um, involving a multitude of games that will actually like be a real video on my channel, for those who know it. Um, Ryan the Gaming Dragon on YouTube. Gotta change that username at some point, too, but it's fine for now. I really need more days off. The, like I have three days off, and it's still not cutting it for me. I just do not have time for all the stuff I need to do. I need, like, four days. I need to just not work. That would be best. I would love for that. One other thing I forgot to mention is that Bulbasaur in the Hidden Village is actually the origin of the surprised Pikachu meme. It's uh, when Bulbasaur blows back the Butterfree Sleep Powder, Pikachu's just in the corner going, (gasps) So consider me mentioning it late. Oops. So this was a really short opening. Um, I just don't have a lot to talk about anymore. I am either at work, playing Arceus, or recording this podcast. It is very hard to say any new news that comes up. So, um, because I don't have much more to talk about, let's just jump right into it and start the show. So our first episode for today is episode 12, Here Comes the Squirtle Squad. Synopsis. Team Rocket ally themselves with a group of troublemaking Squirtle and convince them to capture Pikachu and the main trio. However, Pikachu, wounded by an earlier attack, is in dire health. The Squirtle let Ash go to go get medicine, with the threat of being late having drastic consequences. Can Ash save his friends and Pokemon in time? The episode starts like many have at this point, with Ash and the gang walking down the road, with Ash humming the Pokemon theme song, before the trio falls right into a pitfall. Ash wonders who would pull such a mean trick. Even though him and his group have fallen into two pitfalls already in quick succession, one by John Melanie and one by Team Rocket, so he could probably take a shot at guessing. But he'd actually be wrong about whoever he guesses, because, as it turns out, this pit was dug by a group of sunglasses-wearing Squirtle. The trio then climbs out of the hole pretty easily, something they had a lot of trouble with before. I guess they're just getting a lot of practice at it. And Ash says, With my own Squirtle, I can beat Gary! Intentionally or not by the dub, kind of implying for the first time that Gary chose Squirtle as his starter. 
Which he did. It's actually a fact that he did. But it's very interesting because I think when this episode was being recorded, nobody knew who Gary picked yet. Like, I don't think Gary's starter is revealed until, like, near the end of Gen 2. Something that isn't even made yet. And this implication is only present in the dub. I don't think the Japanese version has this sort of, like, insinuation that Gary has a Squirtle. So, just just interesting. Interesting little coincidence. Ash then has his Pikachu try to shock the homestuck glasses-wearing Squirtle, who has the attack blocked by one of his other turtles. I just love Squirtle's voice in this show for some reason. The original Squirtle is great. Squirtle! Uh, Squirtle, Squirtle! Just as Pikachu and the main Squirtle are about to fight, Officer Jenny shows up and scares them away. Jenny confirms that all of the Officer Jennies are family and are basically all police clones. She then also goes on to explain that the Squirtles are all abandoned Pokemon who play tricks and petty crimes on the town, and that they are called the Squirtle Squad. Dun dun dun. Meanwhile, Team Rocket, watching from the distance, get hungry. James also mentions that Chinese food exists. Can we order Chinese food? Or maybe some tacos? Just as the evil group is about to eat some of the food they brought, they're held up by the Squirtle Squad and then tricked into falling into another pitfall, being captured and tied up and forced to watch as the Squirtles eat their picnic. It's also the first time that Onigiri, I hope I'm saying that right, is called Jelly Donuts. By James, actually. Brock's infamous quote comes later. It's honestly kind of weird that they even do this, because the 4Kids dub later just calls them rice balls anyway, so why try to convince kids that they're donuts in the first place? Just call them rice balls, that's what they are, that's like the easiest way to tell a kid what an onigiri is. Jesse then tries to recruit the Squirtle to the Pikachu capture campaign, but they don't really trust humans, so Meowth has to be the one to convince the Squirtles that he's Team Rocket's leader, and then talk them all into the Pika crime. It then cuts to later in the day, with Ash's group chilling by a stream when a Squirtle suddenly pops out and hits him with a water gun. Pikachu tries to electrocute it, but just murders the main trio instead due to the water covering them. Ash tries to have Pikachu battle, but Pikachu is sadly knocked into the water. A Goldeen starts to attack, and instead of doing anything, Ash just watches and yells at Pikachu to swim faster. Because, you know, Pikachu are known for being fast swimmers. And also, reminder, he has a Bulbasaur that knows Vine Whip, which they use many times to rescue someone later. Like, just have Bulbasaur, Vine Whip, and pull Pikachu out. It's not that hard, Ash. Like, use use your head, Ash! Pikachu is then nearly stabbed to death by the fish, and the Squirtle tie up the rest of the group and drag them all to a remote cave. At the cave, they all learn that Meowth is working with the Squirtle, and then Ash bites Meowth's tail and tries to persuade the Squirtle not to trust Team Rocket, but Meowth immediately persuades them back. Brock points out that Pikachu looks really bad and needs a super potion, the first time potion items are mentioned, and that the nearest town should have some. Ash then begs to be let go, and after crying in a very emotional scene, convinces the Squirtles to give him until noon tomorrow to get the medicine, or else they dye Misty's hair purple. Fun fact, in the original, they just say they're gonna straight up kill her. Like, in the dub, for obvious 4Kids reasons, they try really hard to cover that up, but it doesn't work very well, as I'll explain later. So for now, just keep in mind, the threat is that they're going to dye Misty's hair purple. That is the worst that the Squirtle are going to do. They're not going to do anything worse than that. Ash then quickly rushes to the town, tripping, breaking through an old rope bridge and falling into the rapids below, and being stabbed in the butt by a Goldeen before finally arriving. How he climbed out of the water and up the sheer cliffs is never actually shown, so up to your imagination how he escaped almost certain death. 
However, when Ash finally does make it to the town, an Old West-styled one for some reason, Gary just slams a door in Ash's face, knocking him out for a full night. Not one person sees him or checks to see if this 10-year-old is okay, because everyone hates Ash. There's also a sign that very clearly originally said BEER in all caps, and the dub just kind of like erased part of it to say BEEF instead, which is kind of funny. The show then cuts to the cave at night, where Misty begs Pikachu to hold on. Meowth wonders why Jesse and James are taking so long, and Brock says nothing. Before Ash wakes up, Team Rocket holds up the store with an ice-filled bazooka and semi-automatic gun. Whatever ice-filled means. I don't know. Ash then does finally wake up, but is too slow to stop them from stealing all of the store's flash powder to scare away the Squirtle Squad. And a large roll of dental floss. What do you need them for? You want to get rid of the Squirtle Squad, don't you? The flash powder will scare them out of town. The floss is for our teeth. Team Rocket then also fires the bazooka into the store. Despite it clearly being cherry blossom petals, one guy exclaims, Oh, it's snowing! Whoa! Oh, it's snowing! I think the original had them bluffing with their weapons and then showing that it was petals by firing into the store. But in order to not show or even mention any kind of weapon, four kids had to have them explicitly say, No, 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 don't worry, these aren't deadly weapons, they're just ice toys, kids don't use real bazookas. Ash then runs in and begs for a super potion, but everyone in the store points a gun at him. Everyone in the store was packing either a shotgun, rifle, or handgun. Every one of them. And not a single one of them lowers it when they see it's a kid. They have to be persuaded by Officer Jenny's arrival that he is not Team Rocket, who just left anyway. Like, why are they so on edge about this 10-year-old? Everybody hates Ash. They are willing to shoot this kid. It's also kind of wild to me that they have this scene in the dub of several people about to blast Ash to pieces with their pieces, but refuse to air the infamous Dratini episode because of a firearm. And I'll touch on the Dratini episode later because that actually is in our queue for down the line, but I, I still don't think it's just because of the gun. It's a big part of it, but I think there's a lot more to that episode that caused it to not get released. But we'll get to that later. Just for now, remember, 4Kids doesn't have a problem pointing guns at Ash. Officer Jenny then rushes Ash to the cave, but sees that the bridge Ash broke is out. Like, she was gonna ride her bike across it anyway? If it broke under Ash, it would break under two people on the motorcycle. She then leads Ash to a secret entrance to the cave, which she just knows about offhand. There was a drug cartel here at one point, wasn't there, Jenny? Unfortunately, the passageway is only big enough for Ash, so he has to head into the cave by himself. And when he does arrive, everyone's gone. He momentarily worries about Misty, while it plays an animation of her falling and fading into an abyss. Once again, reminder, she was going to be killed in the original, which makes this scene make a lot more sense. But in the dub, it's a big overreaction to purple hair dye. Ash then panics and runs outside to confront the Squirtle, but thankfully Misty, Brock, and Pikachu are just standing off to the side, telling Ash that the Squirtle were just bluffing, because they'd never mess with a girl's natural hair color. They've learned tricks, but they'd never change a girl's natural hair color. Why they were untied at all, especially with Meow still wanting them incapacitated for the plan, I don't know. Pikachu is treated in the nick of time, but Team Rocket shows up and starts bombing the Squirtle for revenge for stealing their food. Meowth then also steals Pikachu off screen. Somehow, because Ash, Misty, and Brock were all crowding around and holding Pikachu to heal him, I don't know how Meowth just, like, managed to wrestle Pikachu away from them. 
The trio and the Squirtle Squad run to the cave for cover, but Ash notices that the lead Squirtle was flipped on its back and can't move. Despite it standing on two feet with the rest of the group a mere three seconds ago, and no bombs being dropped to cause an explosion in that meantime. Either it was a weird animation oversight, or that Squirtle is clumsy as heck. Ash then jumps onto and protects the Squirtle from the explosion, and tries to get Squirtle to save itself while he dies for it. However, Squirtle, inspired and thankful to Ash, jumps up and carries Ash to the cave. Lazy jerk could have gotten up whenever it wanted, it seems. From the hot air balloon, Jesse happily says that the town will give them medals and call them heroes for banishing the Squirtle. Despite her and James having just held up a store earlier that day, they ain't getting a reward. But it doesn't matter, though, because Ash and Squirtle break Team Rocket's balloon with a water gun, and they thankfully drop Pikachu, who Ash catches. Imagine how much this plan would have backfired if Team Rocket had a stronger grip and, like, carried Pikachu as they were blasted off. That would be bad for Ash. Unfortunately, Team Rocket's bombs started a small forest fire. But thankfully, the Squirtle are all right there and work out to put out the blaze, and are deemed the town's new firefighters, giving the squad a sense of purpose and a place to truly belong and be welcomed. As the trio is leaving the town, they notice that the lead Squirtle is following them. Ash asks if it would like to join the team, and it happily accepts. EP End! So, as the finale of the Ash Catches the Starters trilogy, this is probably the middle one. It's more fun and memorable than the Bulbasaur one, but it isn't nearly as good as and lacks the heart that the Charmander episode had. Not that it should have been another more emotional episode. Two in a row, I actually don't think the original anime team would have been able to do well. I I think it was beyond their capability. It is, however, a very good follow-up to Charmander and a very strong finish to this mini-arc. It's still very watchable and enjoyable in its own right, despite the glaring errors you may notice if you watch it with a critical eye, but it's just not as good as Charmander. Charmander. Next up, we've got episode 13, Mystery at the Lighthouse. Synopsis. After catching another Pokemon, the group learns from a Pokemon researcher named Bill that he discovered and is trying to meet a mysterious giant Pokemon. Bill's plan to attract it back to the shore seems successful, but who knows who this mystery Pokemon could be? This episode begins with another really awkward recap. Ash brags about his two badges, Misty says he only got them because Brock and her sister felt sorry for Ash, and Brock says that Ash now has six Pokemon. Six Pokemon that he will need to have any chance in the Pokemon League. It is more or less phrased exactly like that in the show. The narrator explains that trainers can only have a max of six Pokemon at a time, and asks Ash who they are, which the young trainer then introduces one by one. It eats up a lot of time. Misty then says that Ash didn't catch all of them, they just followed him. Which is just untrue. Pikachu was given as a starter, Butterfree was caught with a lucky Pokeball throw, Pidgeot was captured during a battle, and Bulbasaur was captured after being beaten in the battle. Only Squirtle and Charmander were followers. However, Ash agrees with her reluctantly, despite her being very wrong. Ash then gets ticked off and runs out of the woods and onto a beach during sunset, looking for any Pokemon to catch. He sees a tiny little Krabby walk by him, insults its size, and gets pinched on the finger as a result. He then uses a stick to distract the Krabby by having it cut it up so Ash could get close, and then successfully lands a Pokeball throw on it. Ash brags that he finally got one! despite Caterpie being caught in more or less the same way, and then has the Pokeball vanish out of his hands in a flash of white light. Misty explains that Ash can only have six Pokemon at once, with Krabby going over to Professor Oak, and Brock says that Ash can swap them by pressing a button in his Pokedex. This fact never comes up again, and in the future, Ash can only change his Pokemon at the PC, like in the game. So this scene is just, like, 
also wrong. Ashton wants to call Professor Oak to check on Krabby's safekeeping because he's worried Professor Oak will eat it. Pikachu then points out a lighthouse that they can go to in order to make the call, sleep, and even get directions. Arriving at the lighthouse, the three trainers come across a door covered in Pokemon murals. Now, this is very interesting to note, because one of the Pokemon on the door is a very troublesome one. Mewtwo. So, at this point in the anime's canon, and supposedly Pokemon lore in general, but not so much anymore, only one Mewtwo exists, and it is currently being held in secret by Team Rocket. There is no logical way that anyone, let alone Bill, who spoilers the Lighthouse Keeper, should know that Mewtwo is even a Pokemon that exists. Animation error, lore inconsistency, or a fun theory about Bill, make of it what you will. Just know that, I guess Bill knows what a Mewtwo is. Bill then lets the group inside after Brock tells him over the intercom that he can cook without tofu, something Bill is excited about as that's all he's had to eat since his cook went on vacation. Ash then rushes over to Bill's phone and calls Oak, who is also cooking because his chef is also on vacation. Funny coincidence, huh? Ash sees Oak cooking something and worries that it's his Krabby, but Oak reassures him by showing that Krabby is safe in the fishbowl. Next to Gary's significantly larger Krabby, upsetting Ash. This is also the first confirmed Pokemon Gary has, by the way. Oak also adds that Gary has caught 45 Pokemon compared to Ash's 7. Oak then goes on to say that Bill knows more than he does. Kind of embarrassing considering Bill doesn't know about Pokemon outside of Kanto's 151. Unless he's referring specifically to Bill's knowledge of Mewtwo, which is definitely incredible. Oak then also asks for Bill to take care of the group, with weird pauses between words and like a really unsure tone of voice at the word Pokemon, like the VA forgot what the word was. Hello, Bill. Please give my friends a crash course in Pokemon. Uh oh. Bill then comes out and reveals himself. A giant Kabuto! But then quickly reveals that he's just in a costume that he can't reach the release button on. A severe costume design oversight. Team Rocket is also sneaking around outside the lighthouse and planning a way to break in and steal the Pokemon they think is in there. Despite there probably not actually being any in there. To do this, they decide to scale the cliff right below the lighthouse. A dangerous endeavor. They also say that they're scared of heights, which is very weird because they fly in a hot air balloon all the time and have proven that they are basically immune to fall damage. Bill, revealed to be a very fancily dressed lad, says that he dresses as a Pokemon to get inside the extinct Pokemon's head. He then marvels at there being more than 150 animals on the planet, and says that no one knows what the rest could be yet. All kinds of Pokemon? How many? On this planet, there are more than 150 known species of Pokemon. Over 150? Once again, Gen 1 has some really funny lines in retrospect, since they didn't know more Gens were even coming yet. He also goes on to say that he heard a cry from a giant Pokemon, the last of its species, that's looking for someone to call a friend, due to its overwhelming loneliness, and that he wants to be that friend. In order to do so, he recorded and plays back its call to summon it to the lighthouse, which he seems really close to doing, getting replies from the Pokemon. And coincidentally, the Pokemon finally shows up in the fog. The Pokemon is very clearly a Dragonite, just an absolutely massive one, though. Like, as big as a skyscraper massive Dragonite. Because of this, a lot of people theorize that the Dragonite being the last of its kind means that either, one, it's a unique species that's related to, but not actually a Dragonite, as only its silhouette can be seen, or two, it is a Dragonite, but just the only giant one that makes sounds resembling a whale call. 
Either way, I actually really like this as an adult. It adds some real fun mystery to the thing. Team Rocket, on the cliff below, also sees the giant Pokemon and decides to capture it. Somehow. James also says, So size does matter. So James, Jesse, and Meowth start shooting rocket launches at the Mystery Dragonite, scaring it away but causing it to knock Team Rocket away with its tail. Ash and Co. don't even know that Team Rocket was there. As far as they know, just random explosions happened. The next morning, Bill and the party are sad that it was scared away and still lonely. But Bill is happy to have gotten to see it regardless. Ash, Misty, and Brock all agree that their chosen paths with Pokemon help bring everyone closer together. And Bill says that maybe there's no limit to the amount of Pokemon found on the planet. A comment that will get funnier with each new generation of Pokemon. And true if Pokemon remains an undying brand. As the trio leave, the narrator says how exciting the possibility of discovery is, as the episode slowly closes to an end. Okay, so honestly, this is actually a surprisingly great episode. As a kid, I was like, well, Bill, you're dumb. It's obviously a Dragonite. And I thought that this episode was bad. But rewatching this as an adult and after several new generations of Pokemon, I kind of love it. It's just become really fun to theorize about Pokemon lore and wonder what that Dragonite was. Heck, maybe it's even like a Hisuian variant or something like that. It's just fun to imagine now. Also, the speech that Bill gives about the wonder of discovery and learning about new Pokemon and how everyone fits in the world hits a lot harder now. How many could there be? No one knows exactly. The search goes on. There's always something new to look for in our lives and in ourselves. Something to look for? Yes, there's a lot for us to look for, inside and outside ourselves. There's meaning for every creature, a meaning for all the Pokémon, and a meaning for all us humans, too. A meaning for all. It's always fun learning what new Pokémon a new gen brings, or having friends that share that excitement. It's probably the closest feeling we'd get to being a researcher in the Pokémon world, making these new discoveries. And him talking about how everyone has a purpose, it might sound silly, but like, in a COVID-era world, as a young adult finally trying to find their own calling and place in the world, the, the speech just hits in a way that you don't expect, you know? So yeah, maybe not a great episode as a kid, but a shockingly good one as an adult fan of Pokemon. Alright, our final episode for today due to how the next three episodes play out. Episode 14, Electric Shock Showdown. Synopsis. Ash finally arrives in Vermilion City and rushes over to challenge the gym leader, the powerful and intimidating Lieutenant Surge. When Pikachu is defeated by Raichu, its evolved form, Ash and Pikachu are given the choice to have Pikachu evolve. This episode begins by a visibly dirty Ash, Misty, and Brock all arriving in Vermilion City. Finally, and everyone celebrates. Congratulations! You finally made it! Hip hip hooray! Hip hip hooray! Hip hip hooray! Ash is about to rush off to the gym, but is talked into eating and taking a bath first. At the Pokemon Center, a kid rushes in with a brutally beaten Radita, which Nurse Joy explains is caused by the gym leader, Lieutenant Surge, and is the 15th one this month. She then leads them into a room with a bunch of other injured Pokemon, which seems like a violation of patient privacy. While at the foot of this dying Radita's bed, Misty taunts Ash, saying that he got his last couple badges out of pity, and that he better win one for real this time or Misty and Brock will look bad. Okay, Queen, calm down. Ash then goes to actually punch Misty in the face for this teasing, but Nurse Joy stops him. Not that she needed to, though, because it was a really slow and really wimpy punch. 
Nurse Joy then also goes on to say that when two people fight, it means that they care about each other. To which Ash and Misty react in disgust. Come on, Nurse Joy, that's not true and just reinforces toxic situations and prevents people from seeing that they're being bullied and or abused by someone. Also, Ash and Misty have fought many people that they don't like, such as Team Rocket, once again just proving this statement false. Ash gets Pikachu back just in time to see another injured Pokemon rush in. Pikachu is fearful of getting murdered again so shortly after the Goldeen stab, and Ash tells him not to worry, since the wind's so good that Pikachu won't even have a scratch, before trying to drag Pikachu away and getting shocked in the process. He is somehow able to get to the gym, though, and ask two gym trainers for the gym's leader. A shirtless, buff, seven-foot-tall, and funny-talking Lieutenant Surge approaches, and, assuming that Misty is the trainer coming to challenge him, hugs her without her consent and calls her cute. After learning Ash is the challenger, he calls him a baby, but accepts the battle. How come Ash doesn't get a hug, huh, Surge? If you're gonna be creepy, at least be equal about it. Surge makes fun of Pikachu and sends out his own Pokemon, Raichu, to prove that he's stronger because he has an evolved Pika friend, claiming that electric Pokemon are only good after they evolve and learn all of their electric-type moves. Ash declares that he likes Pikachu the way he is, and initiates the battle, with Pikachu suddenly getting extremely competitive with the Raichu as well. Pikachu uses Thundershock to no effect, with Raichu using one back and instantly knocking Pikachu out. Ash reluctantly tries to call him back, but Pikachu gets up and attacks again, getting absolutely demolished by a Mega Punch and Mega Kick from Raichu. Which also directly contradicts Surge's earlier statement that he had Raichu learn every Electric-type move, because now it's confirmed that two of his four moves are not Electric-type moves. Team Rocket, watching from the roof, worries that they've been wasting their time chasing Pikachu if it loses to Raichu. Then finally, after one last zap, Pikachu is defeated and wakes up severely injured in the Pokemon Center, and becomes upset that it lost, with Ash rubbing salt in the wounds by saying that they'll win next time if Pikachu tries harder. Thanks, Ash! Nurse Joy overhears this and offers Ash a Thunderstone, saying that Ash can use it to evolve Pikachu, but warns him that the change is permanent. Ash is torn on evolving Pikachu to win, or keeping Pikachu as they are, so he lets Pikachu decide. Pikachu then declines, knocking the stone out of Ash's hand. That was a fast decision. Team Rocket, watching from outside, has Meowth translate for Pikachu, becoming emotional at Pikachu's speech about beating Raichu just the way it is. Ash and Pikachu vow to beat Surge, despite protests from Brock and Misty, and then they leave to let Pikachu rest. Outside in the lobby, Brock notes that Raichu being evolved early means that he might have an idea on how to help Ash win. The next day, Ash and Pikachu proudly set off to the gym, declaring that their lucky star is shining down on them. Misty makes fun of Ash for this. Where? I don't see it. How can you see a star in the middle of the day? Oh, I don't mean it's actually shining. Let's go, Pikachu. On the way back to Surge, the group is suddenly stopped by Team Rocket, dressed up in a school uniform-looking disguise and cheering for Pikachu. Jessie also makes this really weird face with, like, her mouth stretched out and open with her tongue just wiggling viciously inside of it. We want you, Pikachu! Give me a pee, give me a pee, give me a chew, what you got? Pikachu! Pikachu! That was really disturbing. While they run away as quickly as they appeared, Misty calls out thanking them, knowing that it was Team Rocket all along. Yeah, they, they have a lot more trouble doing that later. They have a lot more trouble telling it's Team Rocket. 
Also, speaking of, it's worth noting that this is the first time Team Rocket disguises themselves, which becomes a reoccurring gag in the show later. At the start of the rematch, Pikachu is initially knocked down, tail-whacked, and body-slammed by Raichu. Which, by the way, means that the only electric move Lieutenant learned the best electric moves, Surge, had Raichu learn was Base Thundershock. As Raichu is about to land the final body slam, Pikachu jumps out of the way at the last second. Brock comments that Raichu never learned the speed attacks it could learn as a Pikachu, despite Raichu actually having a higher base speed stat in the game. Ash then starts having Pikachu use agility to outspeed the Raichu. Surge has Raichu use Thunderbolt, which demolishes the entire gym and nearly kills all of the trainers and spectators. However, Pikachu used its tail as a ground, causing the electricity to pass harmlessly to the floor. Which I'm pretty sure doesn't work that way and would still severely harm Pikachu, but whatever. Team Rocket also makes a series of puns. What a shocking story! That was quite a tale. Me! Oh! Oh. And now you've both been punished. <laughs> Surge tries to have Raichu use its electric attack again, but it ran out of electricity. So Pikachu rushes in and finishes it off with a quick attack, winning the gym battle. Surge gains respect for Ash, gives him the Thunder Badge, and everyone applauds Ash in a way eerily similar to the Evangelion congratulations scene. Pikachu zaps Ash for no good reason while being hugged, causing everyone to laugh. Team Rocket walks away, reaffirming their desire to steal Pikachu and regretting their decision to spend the episode cheering for the good guys. Episode ends as the narrator makes fun of them. Okay, so controversial opinion. This episode, despite being a fairly important one and kind of cementing that Pikachu will never evolve, isn't actually that great. It's not bad, it's just... eh. I think it would have been much better if the weight of evolving Pikachu was given much more thought, and maybe have it seem like Pikachu was actually considering it a bit more. From what I've seen, there's actually another episode in the Diamond and Pearl anime that's more or less just the plot of this episode again, but it actually does what I wanted it to this episode, have Pikachu consider it a bit harder. Instead, it's just a very, very quick no from both Ash and Pikachu. The battles are fun, they still have that Gen 1 goofiness in them and are the highlights of the episode, but unfortunately they do not work well endorsing this episode in an audio format. It's still not a bad episode, it's just very middle-of-the-road-ish. So, once again, that's going to be it for today since the next anime episodes are multi-parts, and it would just be better to do them all at once, I think. I am also just very lazy this weekend. I am looking for any excuse to do less work, so... There we go. That's going to be it for today, and I hope you all have a great morning, evening, afternoon, outside of space time, whatever. Just have a good one. Bye! I really got to get new songs for the opening and ending. Bye!